0: Welcome to The Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. This is episode 9, and on today's episode, me and Big Dog will be taking a look at the NFL Week 13 schedule, giving up our best bets after a hot week last week, and then later in the show, I will be joined by my brother, John, who will be talking some NBA, some NBA conspiracies, and some value for MVP picks. Again, this is The Pineapple Couch. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can follow us now on Spotify. We also have a voicemail this episode from a good friend of ours, Jake. And if you want to get involved and leave a voicemail, you can tweet it at me at Rob Stark, text it to me, or DM me. Or you can just, if you don't want to leave the voicemail, text me what you want your take or something, and I can read it on the pod. Or you can DM me on Twitter, all that fun stuff. All right, enough of me rambling. Let's get into it. Alright, let's take a look at the NFL Week 13 slate. I am joined by Big Dog. Big Dog, how you
1: doing? Good, how are you doing?
0: You know, I'm doing fantastic. We're uh, recording this the day before Thanksgiving uh, to so we can have it out on Friday to get everyone prepared for the weekend. I'm very excited for Thanksgiving. And now that you guys are listening to this, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Um, let's just get right into the games. Oh, actually, wait, we have a voicemail. Oh. What a treat. A uh, good friend of ours, Jacob Morris, sent in a voicemail. So we are going to start with that, and we're going to play that right now.
2: Hey, B-Rob Big Dog. This is Jake, uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Love what you got going on here on the podcast. Uh, I'm a little behind, but I just wanted to weigh in on the whole Baker-Mayfield-Lamar Jackson debate. This one is close to my heart because I have both of them in different fantasy leagues, and they've had very different effects on my overall well-being this year. Um, I was a big shaking Baker's advocate up until this year, but you know what changed that? Or who changed that? Lamar motherfucking Jackson. That man is an all-around stat machine. He's a true leader. He can throw. He can run. And he could probably kick a 50-yard bomb with the game on the line in Foxborough in the middle of a snowstorm if Harbaugh asked him to. The man was handcrafted by God himself for football. Have you seen this man's head? It looks like it was built with an internal helmet. Had Miles Garrett even dared to swing that helmet at Lamar Jackson's head and made contact, that helmet would have cracked right in half. Meanwhile, Baker has been deflating my balls for the past two fucking years. He's like an easy-bake oven. Nice in theory, but inconsistent as hell with the end result. And even though I see your point when it comes to Lamar's style of play, now he has higher chances of getting hurt, when it comes down to it, you're not safe anywhere in the field as a QB. It doesn't matter if you're in the pocket or not. You're going to get hit, and injury is going to happen anytime, anywhere. In conclusion... Lamar should be the obvious pick in both the short and long-term, and I'm riding that one all the way to the bank. All right, thanks for listening, boys. Come on down to San Diego anytime. I'm looking forward to next week's podcast. And Philip can suck it.
0: All right, Jake, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, My favorite part about all of that was definitely the Miles Garrett helmet on the head reference. And, Jake, I I see your point 100%. Um, It's really easy to love Lamar Jackson right now. I mean... The whole thing that's gotten lost in all of this argument, I do not think Lamar Jackson is bad in any way at all. I just, at the beginning of this season, said I would have rather had the number one pick in the draft last year, Baker Mayfield. And while Lamar has had, is having, an incredible, likely to be MVP season, I am not a coward. I will stand by you Baker. Baker has looked good the last couple weeks. This season, no shit you'd rather have Lamar Jackson. I 100% I get that. Long term, I still would rather have Baker because it's not just that the QBs will get injured and I totally see your point like yeah Baker Mayfield he's just as liable, I guess, to get injured as Lamar because they're playing football. But the, the question of that argument, and that's not a fair argument, that's not even the main reason of it, but it is how do they come back from those injuries? I'm not saying Lamar Jackson, because he runs, is going to get some freak injury that ends his career. Not at all. What I'm saying is is if they both have the same injury, Baker Mayfield's overall game is less impacted if he runs two mile per hour less. Three, like I, I don't know what it exact is. You know what I mean, Andrew? Yes. So... And then, so that's what I'm kind of thinking long term. And maybe, who knows, Lamar Jackson might prove me fucking wrong and do this for forever. But when it comes to running quarterbacks, we've never seen it done at this length of time. That's just that, that for, I mean, we've never seen it done for a long stretch of time. And so that's just my main point of this argument. And I don't want to I I I hate being like against Lamar Jackson like he's I, I enjoy watching him. He's really good. He's probably going to be MVP him or Russell Wilson. I mean, I think at this point it's like he's going to take it. Yes. But I still like I understand if you would rather have Lamar Jackson long-term than Baker Mayfield, but I don't think it is outrageous as it is being made to be that long-term Baker Mayfield has a chance. To be All as good as Lamar Jackson, pick and a
1: former Heisberg winner. So, yeah, but Jake, I
0: really, I really love the call. You're hilarious. We're gonna get Jake to be more of a regular on the pod coming up. And again, if you want to submit a voicemail, you can DM it to me or Big Dog at Brob Stark at Mister Dog, or you can um, text it to one of us. Or if you don't want to leave a voicemail. You can just respond to one of the episodes with a question or a topic idea or a take, and we can read it on the pod for you and get into that. All right, well, enough of Lamar Jackson. Oh, wait, just kidding. Real quick. Really quick. I would like to see him kick that 50-yard field goal. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't say a 70-yard field goal. Yeah, I mean. In a lightning storm. That's true. Tornado. I mean, there's nothing he can't do. If
1: he were to get hurt, he can fall back on that. He's got know. Good point, Jake. Uh, love good you, to, Jake. Good to hear from you.
0: Uh, 49ers at Ravens. Let's get into NFL Week 13. Ravens are favored by six against the 9-1 Niners. Ravens coming off an absolute thrashing of the Rams and like and as well the Niners are coming off a beatdown of the Packers. The over under in this game is 47 points. The money line, so the Ravens are favored by 6. The San Francisco money line is plus 215, Ooh. which I don't I don't have the stats ready at my hand, but is that Andrew, would you think that that might be the best highest odds? In a game where a team is nine and one and has the best record in the NFL, in maybe NFL history,
1: yes. I mean they're nine and one and they just beat the Packers by twenty at least, like th- I think 30. thirty.
0: Like it was so. I I mean it's hard to say anything negative about the Ravens, you know, because you got look at when you're looking at this game, you have the two best run offenses. The Ravens have the number one rushing defense. The Niners have the number one overall defense in terms of yards per game. It's it's going to be a battle. So, Andrew, do you want to go, or I'll start this and then I'll go to you. With this type of game, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think you have two great defenses, great coaches, great run games. Um, I think the lean here is to. Take the six points with the nine and one team instead of laying the six. And then I'm going to flirt with the money line because I'm like that, but because be I'm an idiot. Value. But I mean, it's the San Francisco So mature.
1: I'm Yeah, so take it away. I just. The, the only, my only concern is they have the number one overall defense that's passing, but their rush defense is 19th. And obviously, the. Ravens are averaging 210 right now, which is a little concerning. But this could be a Super Bowl preview. Could be. If the Niners lose and the Seahawks win, they go to the fifth seed. It's important. But for the Ravens, they're still fighting for the number one seed. Yeah. And the Texans play the Patriots this week. Yeah. But I'm going to take plus six. Yeah, I think that's the the
0: reasonable thing to
1: do. I think it's going to be a close game. It'll probably be three points. Yeah,
0: I think it's going to be a close game. And... um. I'm just really excited to see Lamar Jackson face that fast of a D-line with, like, Bosa and some of the other guys they have. be interesting how they play it. It'll be really interesting to see, yeah, the style in which San Francisco, which seems to be this very well-coached team, their defense is playing well. I'm really excited to see what type of approach they will take at Lamar Jackson. And if they figure it out, I mean, that could become a blueprint. Because as of right now, the only sort of blueprint to stopping Lamar Jackson is what the Chargers did in the playoffs last year. But I think we can both agree that we're dealing with a completely different Lamar Jackson. Now. Yes.
1: Much easier. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: um, that's going to be a great game. Um, I'm bummed that's not the Sunday night football game. But, I mean, we still have a decent game there. But that's going to be a great way to start the day. Um, Let's go to the next game that we're going to talk about. We have the Browns at the Steelers. The Browns are favored by 2.5 points. The over-under in this game is 39. Mason Rudolph will not be getting a rematch with the Browns after the Miles Garrett incident. Instead, Hodges – is this Craig Hodges? Something – he goes by Duck. His nickname is Duck. Duck Hodges. Um, He's going to start for the Steelers. The Browns are coming off three or four straight wins three right now three right now and um they beat the dolphins and now they're going to come play the steelers after beating them two weeks ago i love the browns here i've been saying me and andrew have been talking i definitely see the possibility of the browns making a playoff push with this remaining easy part of their schedule i think that two and a half is kind of a joke but the steelers do have a really good defense that is really good at making... so that see that's where I understand the two and a half. It's because the Browns have been prone to turnovers this year and the Steelers are really good at getting turnovers. Andrew, what do you see in this? Big dog, Andrew. You'll I call him either or. You've probably
1: noticed that by now. Take it away. I think it's gonna be a very emotional game, so it's gonna be it's gonna be close. And I think it's my only thing again, I would like the Browns if they didn't play him so quickly after. I think being a team two weeks and three weeks. Is very difficult, and it's in Pittsburgh. And Cleveland's lost their last ten games in Pittsburgh. Ooh, but Cleveland sucks, so that shouldn't be that surprising.
0: Yeah, maybe it's a different, maybe it's a different version of this Browns team. I do like the minus two and a half. Um, I think that that over under is it seems low at thirty nine, but I do seeing this being maybe kind of just such a physical game that it isn't that high scoring. But then again, I could see this kind of game. under
1: us hit. Five of Pittsburgh's last six games, too. oh
0: Stat dog. I like that. Um, all right, let's go to the next game. We got Titans at Colts. The Colts are favored by two and a half. The over under in this game is 43 and a half. Um, the Titans had a nice win this weekend. Derrick Henry, um, they took care of the Jags easily. Beat the crap out of them. Bring back Gardner Minshew. I mean, can we get those chants coming? I mean, it's ridiculous. Or was it Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> yeah, Ryan Tannehill looked electric. Off. He had did you, that touchdown run of like 25 yes. yards. People forget he was a wide receiver at Texas A&M.
1: How's Marcus Mariota feeling these days?
0: Marcus Mariota's probably playing Mario Kart in his mom's basement. <laughs> um, I think that the Colts are a good play here at minus 2.5. However, the only... Not issue I have with it. Concern, I guess, is that the Titans just kind of scare me when they're an underdog. They're frisky. They just do annoying things. But if we're supposed to take the Colts seriously, which I think both of us do as a legitimate playoff threat, not a threat to, like, win the Super Bowl, but one of the teams that's going to maybe get a wild card or they could maybe win the division, but I think they're more likely to go wild card. And we think that they're in that hunt. They have to win this game. They do need to win this game. So if you believe in the Colts, the Colts minus 2.5 should be an easy bet, Um, right?
1: Yes, and it's nice to know that the Texans are playing the Patriots so they can make up that game. Yeah, that's
0: another good point as well. So, um, again, with the over under 43.5, I think this is going to be a really sloppy game, so I have no feel on that. Let's go to our next game we're going to talk about, which is the Raiders at the Chiefs. The Raiders coming off an absolutely embarrassing loss to the Jets. Dave, Derek Carr was just taken out. Um, he was not I mean, he was kind of benched, but he's obviously playing next week. They just put Mike Glennon in. It was just an was embarrassing game for the Raiders right when everyone was starting to believe in them, including us. And they just kind of gave everyone the bird and laid an egg. And now here they are in Kansas City against... The reigning MVP, Patrick Mahomes, the over-under is 45 points, or the over-under is 51 points, excuse me. How do you feel about this game, Big Doug?
1: I love the Chiefs. We fell for the Raiders last week, probably the last couple weeks. They're not very good, I don't think. I think the Colts will make that wild card, and I don't think the Raiders will make the playoffs after losing to the Jets. So bad. It still I stings, think this is a game it? where it stings, folks. Oh this is this we're the Charger fans. It, you don't realize. Yeah. Well, you can not yeah. do that.
0: So this is an audio medium, folks. If you could see Big Dog's brow right now when he talks about the Raiders, he can't stand them. He still is it was. it I mean it's only like three days later right now, five when you're listening to this, he still can't stand them. I mean, I are, we already both can't I stand him. I have John him. Gruden's brow right now. Yeah, John Gruden though he just like he just. He he tricks you. He invites
1: you in. It's like, hey, buddy. I'm going to fall for it again. I know. I
0: probably will, too. But this week, I do lean Chiefs minus 10. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of points. Maybe throw it in a tease somehow. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But Chiefs minus 10, I mean, that's not unrealistic that the Chiefs just beat the shit out of the Raiders. Um, So... I mean, again, that'll be interesting, though, because there is still AFC West playoff implications
1: in this yeah, game. They still could win the division. The
0: so even though the Raiders, Raiders laid just such a, an egg, they still have a shot at the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and so maybe it was just a fluke and they turn it around, but I don't think that's likely. I lean Chiefs minus 10, but that's just a lot of points to lay. You have
1: anything else, Big Doug? I think this is the week the Chiefs get back on track, and they've become, they'll become. they be the three seed, but then we'll be a little more afraid of them by when January comes around,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and I think a lot of that hinges on the defense. Just put, just being a little better, and maybe as the offense, as Patrick Mahomes gets a little healthier, exactly. Tyreek Hill, there, you know, they're all getting into it. They can maybe just keep the ball away from the opposing teams, and they're offense. at home, Arrowhead. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, let's go to the Pats at the Texans. This is our Sunday night football game. The Pats are favored by three and a half here. The over-under is 45. Uh, one of the cool things about this game is you got DeAndre Hopkins going against Stephon Gilmore. Stephen Gilmore? Stephon Gilmore?
1: I'm not too sure.
0: I think it's Stephon. <laughs> I'm going to go with Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore has not allowed a reception since week nine. Week nine? Yeah.
1: We are in week 13, right? Yeah, but that's true. It's so that's that's pretty
0: month. damn good. Um, obviously, he's one of the best players on that Patriots defense. He might even be the best cornerback in the league. It's going to be a great matchup to watch him versus DeAndre Hopkins. The Texans, um, as we mentioned earlier, they are still battling with the Colts in the AFC South. They need to keep winning. Um, they can afford another loss, but at this point in the season – you begin to not be able to afford those after so many. So this would be a huge win for them. And then at the same time, the Patriots also are still hungry, you could say, because they're trying to hold off the Ravens. Which have the tiebreaker. Who right have now. the tiebreaker for that number one seed in the AFC in the AFC for the playoffs. And I can guarantee you that the Patriots would much rather play the Ravens in Foxborough than in Baltimore come January. Um I like the Patriots a lot in this matchup, the minus three and a half. Um, The Patriots have kind of been weird this year about covering in the last couple weeks. It's kind of been annoying. But I do think that they get back on track here. I think the Texans aren't that well coached. And I think that Bill Belichick really knows what Bill O'Brien thinks. They're from (laughs) the similar coaching tree. And I don't think Bill O'Brien is smart enough to like outsmart Bill Belichick because once Bill Belichick knows kind of how you think I think he can just totally get into his head and I think the Patriots are going to beat down on the Texans um the over under at 45 that seems a little high to me kind of scary I kind of like the under because this is a game and I could be totally wrong about this I mean I could see it maybe being like something like 24 to 3 24 to 6 because even though the Texans have such a dynamic offense and so many great players we have seen them lay eggs this year what do you think, Big Dog?
1: They're one and four against the spread their last five, and like you said, New England the offense struggling right now. And it's nothing; they don't look that great. But there's nothing I like that the Texans do consistently week in and week out. And I feel like that we always see the Texans Patriots play each other at least once a year, and it's always like forty two to fourteen Patriots, no matter what. And we always kind of go because it's this part of the year. We're like, oh, I think the Texans might win and it never happens
0: yeah um, yeah I'm gonna be on the Patriots there um, and let's move into one more game before we get to the Monday Night Football game this is just a bonus game we usually do like just the most important games of the week and this is a bonus one because it doesn't really matter but it, we care about it it's the Chargers <laughs> at the Broncos the Chargers are favored by three in Denver the over under in this game is 38 and a half Derwin James the all pro safety is returning to the Chargers just like, it's never too late right yeah fuck shit it would have been nice a couple weeks ago cuz i really think he is one of the reasons that they've had such a bad passing defense this year. Um just looking at this game, i think that it's kind of weird that the Chargers are favored by 3 in Denver based on how the Chargers have looked this year. I'm not going to tell anyone to take the Broncos money line and bet against my Chargers cuz i know I, w- I would never do that, but I just that's weird. I would have if I like, if I were to have guessed this line without knowing it, I probably would have guessed that the Broncos would be favored by maybe a point and a half.
1: I was thinking, like, two right around there. Yeah, so... Because what are the Chargers? What have they done they the past done real, six they weeks? They have not nothing. done
0: much. They've obviously had a lot of turnovers on offense, mainly Phil. Um... The thought of maybe the Chargers winning this game is that maybe they're gonna try and make that push. Seeing how crazy the AFC has kind of been with teams losing, like the Raiders losing the Jets, and it's like you're never really dead as long because they only have seven losses, so you can kind of get to eight losses. Mm-hmm. But I just have really no feel for this game. The Chargers have just broken me as a man. That's the main reason I wanted to <laughs> talk about this game.
1: Would you say the under was over under? The over
0: under in this game is thirty eight and a half.
1: Eight of the last ten Charger games have gone under.
0: Because their offense just gets defense. off to such a slow start. Yeah, I would lean under. Even though it's, 30? I would lean That's under. Tough. I would lean
1: under because I do think this is going to be kind of a gross game at some points. I would consider the under and then throw in the Denver and a tease if you were to do anything. Otherwise, I I wouldn't watch this game unless you like Chargers for the Philip Rivers. <laughs> hey,
0: God bless Philip Rivers. Um. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we didn't address that earlier. Jake, don't you ever mention oh, Phillip yeah. Rivers. Yeah. What the fuck, Jake? That's just rude. Don't kick a man while he's down. All right, <laughs> let's get to Monday Night Football, and then we'll get into best bets. Andrew, always a pleasure. Uh, Vikings at Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored by three, over under 50. And just the first thing I think about when I see this game is, so you're telling me that if this was on a neutral field, this game would be a pick I know the Vikings are eight and three. The Seahawks look damn good. I think that I think this is going to be a good game. I like the Seahawks -3 a lot. Over under 50. I lean over. No really like big feeling on that one. I just think it might be a high scoring game. I like the Seahawks to take care of business against the Vikings at home and also to keep that pressure on the Niners cuz Keep in mind, this is the Monday night football game, so the Seahawks could be going to this game knowing the Niners lost to the Ravens or that the Niners won. So the pressure could be on in either way.
1: Big Dog, what do you think? Well, the Vikings are coming off a bye, so maybe that's why they got a point, but that does not intimidate me at all. Kirk Cousins had more time (laughs) to prepare. More days for Kirk. I mean, the Seahawks are at home, too, so they're really good at home, and they've come off impressive wins. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true.
0: Um then their last two wins being the Niners and the Eagles. Yeah. That's a pretty tough stretch they're going
1: through right now. Both on the road. Mhm.
0: Yeah, so um I I think we both lean Seahawks minus 3 there. Um all right, let's get into best bets. I'm going to go and then Big Dog is going to wrap up our NFL Week 13 segment here on the Pineapple Couch. Um my first best bet Oh, first we should mention that we went What was our record last week? Pineapple Couch was 7 and 3 last week. 7 and 3. For free for free we're back over 500 kind of we're close feeling good no we're actually like legitimately back over 500 we're two games over so that feels good we're going to continue that hot streak and again this is all for free we're just having a good time we can't thank you enough for listening let's get into it my first best bet 49ers plus six the 49ers are nine and one and they are an underdog by six points i can't resist that take the Niners with the points. Um, I will be flirting with the 49ers money line, but I'm not giving that out as a best bet. So my first one is 49ers plus six against the Ravens. Next one, Browns minus two and a half at the Steelers. I think that this game may be close, but I do think that the Browns could win by a field goal to a touchdown, thus the minus two and a half. I really like that. I think the Browns are going to run the table until they face the Ravens. And even if they do lose that game, They can they can afford one loss and still have a chance into the playoffs. Um, My next one is going to be the Jets. Um, I was on the Jets earlier this month, and then I quit them for the Raiders, and the Jets got very mad at me. And I understand Jets. I'm back. I'm back on my bullshit. Let's go Jets minus three and a half versus the Bengals. The Bengals suck. The Jets have looked electric. I don't think the Jets are actually electric, but the Jets have looked good. Jets minus 3.5 versus the Bengals. Andy Dalton starting for the Bengals. He sucks. Jets minus 3.5. Last one, because you know I do this every week. It's Pats minus 3.5, but what I'm going to tell you to do, because Pats minus 3.5 is even odds. So what you do, just go ahead and buy that half point, get it to Pats minus 3 against the Texans, and those are B-Rob's best bets this week, let me recap that for you. for you. 49ers plus six, Browns minus two and a half, Jets minus three and a half, Pats minus three, getting that half point. So it's down from three and a half to three. Big Dog, what do you got?
1: So I also have the 49ers. I just think a nine and one team getting six points. Why wouldn't I take that? My second one, I have the Colts at home minus two and a half against the Titans. They're 10 and two at home. I like the Colts. I think they're a better team than the Titans. I like that. I'm going to take Brissett over Tannehill, even though Tannehill's going off right now. And then I'm going to pick the trickiest team in the NFL. I'm going to take the Packers minus seven. My reason is because... I almost thought you were going to say the Falcons, and I was about to slap you. No, I don't. (laughs) That was week five. (laughs) Sorry for interrupting. (laughs) Take it away. But the um... Packers. Packers minus seven, because... Aaron Rodgers won't get embarrassed back-to-back weeks. And this is how they trick you, because they play teams like the Giants the next week, and they'll win by 14 or 21. you would be like, see, they're fine. And then I got another teaser, which hit last week, by the way. Kansas City, minus 4. Packers, minus 1. And then Sunday night, Seahawks, plus 3. So to recap, we got the Colts, minus 2.5. We have the 49ers, plus 6 the packers -7 and then the teasers Kansas City -4 packers -1 and the Seattle Seahawks +3 on Monday night. Let's go. Let's ride
0: big dog, a pleasure as always. We this is NFL week 13 on the pineapple couch. It's a shame that the regular season will soon be coming to an end, but I'm sure the playoffs will be just as exciting. Again, always a pleasure having you, my friend, and we'll
3: talk to you next week.
0: All right. Welcome on back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. I am joined by a very special guest, someone who's very close to me, probably the closest, John Robbins. John, how are you doing?
3: I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It's It's
0: about time we got you on the couch. Um, So today we're going to do a little uh, NBA quick chat with John. I don't want to call it conspiracy corner, but there is a little conspiracy involved in this, folks. We're going to start it off with James Harden. And the other day, Johnny and I were talking, and Johnny put forward the question, is it actually realistic that James Harden could average 40 points this year? And when you first see that text message, you're like, what the fuck? I don't think so, but Johnny, I think, has a pretty convincing argument here. And Johnny, the floor is yours. Let's give us a little a feel for James Harden's stats.
3: All right. So James Harden right now is averaging thirty-seven point seven points per game, and Jesus we need to remember the first couple games of the season, James Harden got off to a little bit of a slower start. But the thing that makes what I think makes this possible is James Harden is shooting a staggering fourteen free throws a game right now. <sighs> And he's making him at eighty six percent, which is crazy. And then he's also shooting thirteen point nine threes a game. I, okay, I have two two
0: quick things to follow up on those two stats. What's crazy about that is I I don't know this off the top of my head, and I don't expect you to. I would argue that probably James Harden's fourteen free throws a game are similar to prime Shaq. I mean, I don't think it's ever been matched. Fourteen and then is insane. Thirteen point nine threes a game. I mean. That's right around, if not more, than what Steph? I think it's more. Yeah. So, I mean, the usage that Harden's getting... It's insane. It opens the door for him to go for 40. And so I guess a counterpoint to play devil's advocate, even though I kind of believe you, do you think Russ is going to hurt that over the course of the year, or do you think it just doesn't matter? It's James Harden's team.
3: Well, the way the Rockets have been... Using They still let James Harden iso at the top, like ridiculous amount as usage. I think him and Luka are still the highest, two mm-hmm. highest in the league. And Russell, Russ is, I like Russ on the Rockets just because he has that, that, that athleticism crazy edge that you mm-hmm. can just, he can turn into Russell Westbrook. And he finally flat. has shooters. He does. And he's, he, which is crazy because
0: honestly, he's never really had shooters on his team. Had to deal with
3: Andre Roberson forever.
0: Yeah, I mean, Steven, Like they would throw out lineups out there where it's like Schroeder, Westbrook, Stephen Adams, Roberson, just no shooting. So um, I like what you're thinking there with Harden to average over 40.
3: Um, I wonder what the odds on that are. I bet you could get it good because he's not even, if you look at it, he's shooting 43% from three, which is a percent or two lower than last year. And, I mean, if he just raises that up to, like, even like 36 percent, which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the guy too.
0: like you're mentioning, like the usage. If anyone's going to do it, it would be, I think, Harden. And then I guess before we move on to the next thing, just to stay on James Harden really quick. Is James Harden the most likely
3: to score to go after like 81, 100? Do you think? I think so. I would have said if Steph didn't get injured, it would be Steph this year. With just the crap. Yeah, I mean, because he could maybe. he make twenty threes, mm-hmm. But I think that he has – his game fits perfectly if you want to do that with mm-hmm. shoot a sh- like 25 free throws and make like 16 yeah. threes. He just catches fire, mm-hmm. which he could do because he shoots 14 threes on an average night. Yeah, and so I guess – and the Rockets
0: also seem like a team. So like let's say Harden had – 65 in the third quarter. I know that's so many points. Whereas <laughs> the Warriors, like when Clay Thompson was like that, they would sub him out and not, didn't even play the fourth. The Rockets won't. They'll play. I feel like the Rockets will push Harden to go get that. Um, I think in the next couple years, maybe not this year. I think we're gonna see Harden make a serious attempt at 81. I think he could do it. I think he could too, but it's just everything has to go right. You it know, does. it's insanely hard. It's um, yeah. So let's go to our next bit of. Not news, just uh, this is going to be the conspiracy corner on the pineapple couch. And, John, you texted me this about a week ago, and it absolutely blew my mind. It has to do with the number one pick in the draft, Zion Williamson. Can you explain your theory? Conspiracy theory, folks. This is a conspiracy theory. Explain it to the people.
3: Okay. So I was talking with one of my friends, and we were talking about DeAndre Ayton and John Collins, mm-hmm. who have both been suspended 25, 20 games. 25 games, which yep. is, NBA never suspends people PEDs. for steroids. Weird. I was, so we were talking, like, okay, if these two are on it, then there's got to be some other guys. So who would, th- if they got caught on steroids, would the NBA not... Um, Want to publicly punish? Yeah. So we went, okay, LeBron James. LeBron James would not... Giannis. Giannis. Zion. And then, and then we were talking about super crazy buff guys that are young in the league, and we thought... Zion Williamson, what's going on with him? He currently has a six to eight week timetable of with a knee injury that did not happen on the court. It didn't. It didn't. So it was just. It was this during
0: training camp time. I it think, was. Du- or yeah.
3: It? Okay. It during the preseason and like practice or something. And okay. His six to eight week timetable fits up perfectly with the twenty five games that he would miss if he were suspended with steroids. Wow. So what you're saying
0: is that. There is a chance that instead of Zion getting hit with the 25-game suspension like John Collins and DeAndre Ayton, that the NBA protected its new star and just had him sit out six to eight weeks with a fake injury.
3: I don't have much evidence to support this. I love it, though. But I really kind of believe it.
0: I I really like the theory because, I mean, it makes sense, like... Because, I mean, that kind of ties into how the NBA, like a lot of people think the NBA made Jordan retire for two years Mm because of gambling. I love it. I love it so much. The only, like, hole in it I can see besides having no evidence (laughs) is that Aiton was the number one pick last year. Mm -hmm. So, like, but
3: Zion's fame kind of dwarfs DeAndre Ayton's. It's not even close. Because he's, like, would you say he's the most coveted, guy coming out of college since LeBron or Anthony Davis probably yeah I mean he's supposed to be the face of the new league with him and Luca. I thought so yeah
0: so I completely agree there um let's get into a couple more things um a couple days ago on the podcast we talked about not you and me but uh, Alex and I talked about 76ers and just kind of a weird fit there and you I know watch a great deal of 76ers games and are fascinated by the dynamic of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid do you think they need to mix it up 100 percent. can you explain why
3: if you watch in all the um 76ers late game scenarios it's awful to watch with two minutes left it's like tobias harris isolating with ben simmons sitting on the corner like not even in the corner three because he can't shoot threes obviously and And he's just like 12 feet away from the basket in this awkward situation and it's not working and it won't work i don't see the talent that they have because they have in, the best talent in the NBA in my opinion. Just yeah, top like, to bottom like yeah, they just like, have a they're lot insane. of
0: great players. Um I completely agree. I think um the the last couple minutes of a game really exposes those flaws and what Alex and I were saying the other day and I know you agree with this is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid both need to have rosters constructed based on their strengths. Similar like to a player like Giannis early in his development. Now with Giannis, he's just such a freak, it probably doesn't matter. he get your team to the playoffs. But with Ben Simmons, he needs to be surrounded by more shooters. And yeah. Joel Embiid, for as great as he is, I do not think he is a closer because of how he gets tired at the end of games and his turnover rate. And Ben Simmons, I'm pretty sure you told me, has a terrible percentage in crunch time.
3: Yeah, I believe it was. He has more, in the 34 minutes this year, in what they consider clutch time, he has more turnovers than points and like he is just atrocious yeah, so
0: i really think that um they do need to separate those two and i think the one they would choose is they'd get rid of simmons because philly loves in bead and i love Embiid bead a lot i just it's kind of tough for me to say like okay goodbye ben simmons i agree to have a big center who has injury concerns because you they're With Joel Embiid, if they were to get rid of Ben Simmons, we were talking about this the other day. You would want a guy like Jimmy Butler. You need a closer, that sort of guy. They don't have that. Maybe you could get someone like that for Ben Simmons, but it just seems a lot more doable to build a roster around Ben Simmons because you've seen it done in other places.
3: I would agree with that, but Ben Simmons hasn't improved since his rookie year, which is super disappointing. Yeah, I mean he's gotten a little bit better on defense, but like I, I thought he was the next superstar his Mm -hmm. rookie year, but he's. Literally the same player that he came in into the league, which is crazy because if you look at a guy that was in the same draft class as him, which maybe we'll talk about later, Pascal Siakam, their rookie years, it wasn't even close. And now you'd rather have Pascal. And now Pascal has just, every summer, brought a new great thing to his game and I another one another one another one. And Ben Simmons him. has just stayed exactly the same where he is and it's not working. It's not good enough.
0: That's a very, very good point. Um, I think this will be the season where maybe that is decided, you know? I'm not saying that I think they're going to do a mid-season trade of one of these players, but I do think if you don't see if you see them lose in the second round of the playoffs, get smoked in the Eastern Conference Finals, I definitely think they're going to have to move one of those two because both of them are so talented, you're going to lose the window. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't I want to just waste these two talents. You should do something with it whether it be move one of them out to get more talent. All right, let's get into our last thing we got here. Um Just a a quick look at the MVP odds, and we wanted to talk about some of the value that's out there with the MVPs and just kind of give a whole overlook on the MVP picture. John, take it away.
3: All right, so um, as of two days ago, Odd Shark has Giannis Antetokounmpo at plus 225 as the favorite. I agree. I think he's he's been ridiculous. Luka Doncic at plus 350, James Harden at plus 375, and LeBron's at fourth at plus 550. Ooh, value. I agree. I think Yeah, so what struck what stuck out to me a lot about that is like Giannis, I think, should be the favorite.
0: Um one little thing is I know we've seen people repeat. It's not easy. Very hard. It's very hard to do because but Giannis right now, he's putting up numbers and he's playing at a level where I totally think he deserves to be in the conversation as the favorite. Um Luca, as much as I love Luca, I think that that's a little not that great of value for him to be second because it's not that I don't think that Luca will keep it up. I just don't. I don't know if the Mavs will be able to maintain their position in the Western Conference. And again, if you're not in the top three or f- three, four maybe teams, I don't think you should be an MVP consideration. And then um, you had Harden at plus three seventy. Plus 375, yes. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if he averages 40, he's going to have another argument like he did last year. And the real value I really like, though, is that LeBron was plus 5. Plus 550. Plus 550. I think LeBron is going to win MVP. I've said that a couple times on this podcast. I just think the Lakers are going to have such a good record, and there are going to be so many stories about them, and all the media is going to love them and build this, like, redemption arc for LeBron, even though why is he... Re- what is he redeeming? It's not like LeBron sucked last year. What the fuck? <laughs> but I really like the LeBron plus yeah, 550. I, you-
3: I completely agree. It's all about narrative, basically, in yeah. the MVP, which is crazy. Which, for Giannis' case, you almost... When you're second MVP, when you go back-to-back, back, your second season almost has to be, like, a lot better than like your first... Steph like, Steph, Kern. yeah. Like, he probably wouldn't have won unless he had maybe the greatest regular season of yep. all time. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, but can you give us some... Uh, not to put you on the spot, but...
0: Do you have any, like, sleeper MVP picks? I mean, because I I do think at a certain point it's going to probably come down to Harden, Giannis, LeBron. I mean, maybe a Paul George slip in there. I don't know. But what are some sleeper picks that we should keep an eye on? Because there have been some players who have been really impressing this season. Take it away.
3: All right. My favorite, I believe it's eight or ninth best odds, is Pascal Siakam at plus 3,300.
0: I really like that pick. One, we just talked about how much we like Pascal Siakam. It seems like he's effortlessly stepped into Kawhi Leonard's shoes in Toronto. In Toronto, they're a scary playoff team. I know that, that this has nothing to do with MVP, but I do like his odds. I think he maybe is like a year away from actually getting like serious, serious MVP consideration. But who knows? Maybe he takes another leap in the middle of this year. But I think the Raptors in the playoffs... Are a team I really would not want to play. And a team like the Raptors, I think, could give Philly a lot of trouble, even though arguably Philly has way more talent. I completely – I
3: think if they played a seven-game series, I think I would pick Toronto to beat Philly, which is crazy.
0: What's now funny about the Raptors is, like, we used to – like, a year ago, it's like, I mean, Kyle Lowry, playoff experience. Like, well, that's it. Now it's like, dude's fucking NBA champion. He played well in game six of the playoffs. They have Marcus Gasol. They have Fred Van Fleet, who's a baller. They have a great coach. Um, I don't know what their odds to win the Eastern Conference are. I'm, I'm, I would probably say it's probably like plus 600, plus 750. Um, I like that. Uh, I like Pascal at the MVP odds. I do think it's interesting. <laughs> Is it possible for him to
3: get most improved player again? He could. He's aver- he's up to scoring, I believe, by like 12 10? points yeah. or something. He's averaging he you know, like 26. to
0: 26. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I like that, John um let's make this a weekly routine on fridays we get a little conspiracy john (laughs) and then we do a little mvp odds check-in and really just uh we'll start looking at futures in the nba week by week and seeing where we can find value so like maybe for example next week we take a look at uh the eastern conference and the odds to win it so if you see a team like toronto with plus 700 compared to a milwaukee or a philadelphia that's at plus 250 i do think it's worth maybe throwing a throwing a bone at the plus 700 for toronto well john always a pleasure thanks for coming on the pineapple couch we'll be talking to you next week thank you for having me